Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girly by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Our advice, you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. And talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Time. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name is Mr H. And I'm Mrs H. Today we're going to have a special guest on the show and we'll get round to that in just a moment. But before we get there, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I've been listening to. Is it yourself? <laughs> mostly, yeah. It's mostly <laughs> myself. Uh, just again on loop yeah. all the time. No, it's actually about uh, an audiobook that we've heard on Audible. Oh, or that I've heard an audible. You've heard an audible because I'm just really such a Luddite and I haven't actually figured it out yet. <laughs> to be fair, we could, did spend an hour trying to work out your Kindle yesterday. That is very true. So we, we got it working, you know, yep. technical genius that I am. Absolutely. Uh, but let's talk about the audible thing. So this is a, a series, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, fine. You're not going to be. It any- sounds great, though. Yeah, it sounds mon- wonderful to you. Yeah. Uh, that Alex Fox has recorded. Oh, yes. Called Kink with an exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should be Kink. 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 All right. Um, and I can hear the cat rummaging around. So if you hear lots of noise going on in the background, it is the kitten. Noodles is a new addition to the Bedhopper's household, and she's making recording a complete pain in the ass. Well, she's adding to the recording, if anything. No, she's trying to eat my wires. This is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Somebody control the cat, please. There's Cannot like, do that. What? Yeah. Sorry. I fear for Yoko's life. Oh, Yoko's fine. She's good with it. Uh, she's sort of barricaded herself into a basket and literally made herself into a bit of a <laughs> dog burrito <laughs> so that she cannot be attacked. Oh, by you the did cat. call the cat a taco last night. Yeah, she is a taco. Which is uh, particularly splendid because the palindrome effect of taco cat. Taco cat. Yes. So backwards, that's. Taco cat. Excellent. That's now good to know. See. Anyway, back to the audiobook yes. that kink, what I've kink. been listening to. Kink! <laughs> that I've been listening to. I'm about four episodes in. All right. Um, and it's really, really good. So if you're interested in kink or hearing something sexy or fun, um, definitely recommend checking that out. Heading to Audible, uh, look up Kink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get a really interesting insight into the world of kink, why kink plays an important role in our lives or it could play an important role in some of our lives and uh, explorations of all those sorts of things. So, yeah. uh, is it documentary? Is it? 
a sort of around her journey into kink or it's, other people's journey into uh, kink? Kink. <laughs> it's more of a sort of documentary right. with Alex stepping in and doing some little interviewee things. And cool. uh, there's some doctors talking about various bits and bobs. Oh, it must be good then. And knowledgeable people. Yeah. Far more knowledgeable than I. Not that that takes a lot. <laughs> talking about kink. And I mean, if it has doctors... It has doctors. Must be good. Um, And there's lots of little mini interviews and stuff on there. So um, it's really easy listening. All right. And um, I've really enjoyed it so far. I'm only sort of the start of the way, halfway Mm -hmm. through. um, But I really wanted to recommend it. So if you're sat at home, bored during the day, you've not got nothing going on or anything going on. Welcome to the rest of the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Corona Again 2020. So uh, get yourself down to Audible and check out that that wonderful slice of audio entertainment. We What's it called recommend. again? Kink! 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 All right. Kink. Not to be confused with kinky or kinking. Okay, cool. Okay, just kink. Brilliant. Kink! Anyways, uh, let's get on with the show. Mrs. H, play that thing. We've got something that's just for you. Holy shit, it's an interview. So, as we said, we've got a special guest with us today. Mrs H, who have we got with us? We are talking to Vicky from Townhouse, which is a club in, I believe, Liverpool. What sort of club? Like oh, a billiards sorry. club? <laughs> a billiards club. Chess club? <laughs> Chess club, yeah. Well, should we refer to it as a sex club? Is that the thing? Why don't we ask her? Yes, let's do that. Hello, Vicky. Welcome. No. <laughs> Hi. No, it's not a sex club. It's, it's a lifestyle venue for swingers, fetishists and the LGBT community. <laughs> that sounds way better. We consider ourselves educated. Yes. Now. <laughs> we have been told. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. We're going to take our listeners through a bit of a journey about Vicky, her mm-hmm. club, yeah, and some of the issues that they're experiencing uh, throughout this wonderful COVID lifestyle that yeah. we've all adopted for the last nine months. Corona coaster pandemic and how it's impacting the industry that you work in at the moment. So, yeah. Before we go into too much detail, Vicky, can you give us a bit of information about the club? When was it started? What, what, what happens there? What's it like? Townhouse was established in 2005 um, and we took over as owners in 2012, although we were working there beforehand. And in the early days, it was very much a traditional swinging club. So it was just swinging, nothing else. It was very, very successful. And then when we took over, I'm very much into BDSM fetish. So we wanted to try and take it more down that path alongside swinging. And then naturally with the BDSM crowd came the LGBT crowd as well. And so over the years, it's sort of morphed into this mix and pot of lots of different people who lead alternative lifestyles all coming together under the same roof. We've currently got around 25,000 members. Wow. Obviously, they don't all come at the same time. <laughs> we need an arena. But we normally get around 130, 140 on one of our busiest nights which is a capacity crowd and that really is a a mix and pot of people from all walks of life it is a successful club uh, until covid hit and we are the only one on merseyside and probably our next nearest one is manchester but we are quite fortunate in the northwest because we've actually got 13 swingers clubs in the northwest so we're part of quite a, a, a large amount of clubs and we support each other it's really really nice but i think we're more fortunate because we are the only one within what 30 35 miles so we've got a nice little niche in our peninsula <laughs> excellent so what sort of nights do you host 
when you can host nights? Oh gosh, we have nights for everybody. So we have swinging parties for anybody and everybody. We have age restricted parties. So for people age 39 and under, we did have over 50s parties as well. Um, we have fetish parties. We have all male parties, all female parties. We have pub nights. Um, we even have a karaoke night every now and then. You know, people get up on the stage in their pants and you know sing New York, New York. It's really funny. Um, so we have events for for all sorts of different people we have curvy lady parties we have all sorts and um, we come up with different ideas all the time because uh, we've got a huge demographic and we try and represent them all oh wow and you mentioned um bdsm being one of your particular favorites now we visited the club and we were really impressed with the facilities particularly around the bdsm stuff do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so we've got four floors the cellar is our cellar dungeon and it's got authentic jail cells in there which i'm really proud of and we've also got a padded cell down there as well as lots of custom made kit and if you remember when you came to the club we spent quite a lot of time down there because it was like my little domain i was really proud <laughs> Yeah. showing you all the bits and bobs around the cellar um but for fetishists like yourself it's a great place to play in because it smells like a, a cellar dungeon it's got the atmosphere it's got the light and it's it's an amazing part of the club but then for those that don't want to be in like the dingy cellar dungeon we've got classier if that's a word you can associate with bdsm <laughs> um dungeons upstairs and we've also got a, a clinic medical room and even in some of our swing and play rooms we do have little bits and bobs of um, BDSM equipment because obviously you can incorporate those in your swing and play as well. So we do try and give it a balance of swinging and fetish, but there is a lot of BDSM equipment around. Fantastic. I have to say one of our other favourite things while visiting was the gin bar. Oh yes. my goodness, you've got an amazing gin bar. Yeah. Yes. We was... have 56 gins yes, currently. <laughs> Actually, that's a huge lie. We don't currently have 56 because during lockdown, I've been making my way through the 56 gins. <laughs> uh, so we probably have about 20 now. But normally we have 56 different types of gin. And it's it's very, very popular. Uh, and every single one has been tried and tested by myself. And if it's not been tested by myself, it doesn't go on the bar. Simple as that. What a challenge. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very popular. I can't say people come just for the gym bar of course um but it's a huge feature on the bar definitely we we definitely enjoyed i was super while we were impressed there. it was really reasonably priced as well yeah very i remember being really priced. Really impressed yeah, by it that. Is really yeah. priced and we have all the little bits and bobs to go in at fruit and fancy things to go in at nice glasses and stuff. You know, we don't just like slam it in a pint glass with a few cubes of ice. <laughs> we I actually got make a thing out I of had it. You know, peppercorns in mine. I remember. I remember being very like impressed and going, "Wow!" Look it's at the these. fact that you put them into your handbag and took them home with no, you. That was not. the worrying. Do you know what else I remember about uh, that night? But really, uh, thought was great. Was um, I'm sure you had some like jewelry on display in like the little yeah. reception bit, and I thought that was lovely. It was like a really yeah. nice entrance like there was gorgeous jewellery displayed at the little cases yeah 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 are you saying you want some jewellery no, this is what I I'm reading remember, into this dropping um, a hint yeah. I just remember the you know the layout of the place and I do recall being really impressed with a jewellery when I walked in. So do you have any sort of hot tub facilities or anything like that? Yeah, um, it's all been refurbed recently as well. So um, so it's like separate to the main building. Um, we've got like a wet area. So it's got a sauna. It's got a five-person hot tub, rainfall showers. It's got its own lockers and bathroom. Um, so for people that want to spend a good few hours out there, they can do that separate from the main area of the club. And also outside, the, there's um, our new 
new smoking area, which has all been refurbed. Anyone who's interested can see the pictures on the website, actually. Um, before, it was like this tiny little dingy smoking area. And I always felt sorry for the smokers because they were like, you know, outcast in this little <laughs> smoking area. But now we've created this lovely big courtyard. A street artist came in, did loads of great artwork out there. It's nicely lit. And we have a bar out there in the summer. So it's not just a smoking area anymore. It's like a little outdoor kinky filthy slash smoking outdoor <laughs> sunbathing area right next to the west area it's nice fantastic probably not the weather for it at the moment though no bros northerners you know we, we can cope with weather like this we just put our big coat on <laughs> excellent so how long have you been in the the lifestyle as it were then what's been your particular journey to get to the club we started out in 2004 and we first went to a club in Liverpool called Pussycat's Pleasure Rooms. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well, was, I get yeah. the feeling Austin Powers um, was there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the name so, of that. Um, and it was how it sounded, to be fair. <laughs> um, but we didn't have anything to compare it to. And we loved it. I think you always love your first club. The fact that it was illegal and hadn't had approval at the time <laughs> didn't matter. Because Liverpool won't allow any clubs. Uh, we're actually on the Wirral, which is just over the water from Liverpool. So we started out in Pussycat's Pleasure Rooms anyway, uh, and then that got, that got closed down because it shouldn't have been open in the first place. And Townhouse opened in 2005, so then we went over to Townhouse. So we were one of the very, very first customers to walk through the door, and we still got our original membership cards with one of the very first numbers on it. And that's sort of where it all started, really. And we were members for years. We did obviously travel around to other clubs around the northwest, around the country, but we always went back to Townhouse, and it wasn't just because it it was on our doorstep there was just something about it it felt like really homely it was quite personal and small compared to other clubs that we went to so we just kept migrating back to townhouse and then in 2010 jim my husband got really ill really really ill and um, i was a midwife at the time and we needed to earn some extra money because he wasn't working so i went and got a bar job in townhouse which doesn't really sit well with being a midwife, but we won't really talk about that. And I just did a few shifts a week and it just sort of went from there. And then an opportunity came up for me to start managing there, which I took on. And then the owner at the time was looking to sell. And it was like a crossroads. Then what do I do? Do I leave midwifery altogether and commit to this? Or And to be fair, I was a bit demoralized in the NHS. So I thought, if I don't go now, I'm never going to go. So I, I reluctantly left, but it was the totally right thing to do. Mm. And so we, we took on the ownership in 2012 of Townhouse and never looked back. And I've got to be honest, the last eight years have gone like that. They've gone so quick and it's been a vertical learning curve. Even though I've run businesses before, I've never run a business like this before. And if I think, even though I love it, if somebody had told me back in 2012 exactly what was involved I probably would have run for the hills, but I'm really, really, really glad that I did it. So it's such hard work, but you get an awful lot back from it. What's a typical day like then as a club owner? If there is a typical day. So it starts normally by being woken up by the work phone. You know, you always get um, 
somebody phoning you up at seven o'clock in the morning wanting information about a swingers club. And so normally it's a phone call and, you know, cups of tea and everything. the laptop is opened and I start answering emails, Facebook messages, Instagram, Twitter, all that, while I'm having several cups of tea. Normally Jim at the same time is going out and sorting all the stock out while I'm doing all the admin stuff and the phone's going continuously. So he does the, the phone calls while I'm online. And then sometimes we have daytime events so we'll have to leg it over to the club and get the club open. But we also have private hires in the day as well for photographers and people that want to use the facilities for themselves. So one of us or both of us would have to be in the club to, to oversee that. At the same time, we're still answering the phone, we're still answering messages. <laughs> so literally from the moment we wake up, it's just this nonstop sort of train of answering calls, answering emails, being in the club. And then in the nighttime, ta-da, I look fabulous. <laughs> Not, usually I'm like bedraggled throw myself together at the last minute slap a smile on my face we open the doors I'm like hi welcome to townhouse <laughs> at half past eight and we don't stop till three o'clock and it's literally just this ongoing thing and um, it's exhausting we work 90 hour weeks wow um, but oh. it's fun you know sometimes I think when I'm driving to work I'm like I'm so tired I can't do this and then we open the doors and all of our guests come in looking like a million dollars Uh, full of hope and expectation with the dancing shoes on I'm like I've got a really great job actually let's do this it's really good that's amazing of course you know and this is where we take a slight downturn the last nine months ten months have been a little bit different I'm guessing with the uh, covid thing going on How's that impacted you folks? Yeah, we just didn't see it coming at all. I think since the last time you visited us, we've done a massive refurb. All four floors have had work done. We've invested loads and loads of money in the club. Most of that has been invested in the last 12 months pre-COVID. I think just in the six months before COVID, we invested 55 grand just doing a refurb. And if we'd have known that COVID was coming, we obviously wouldn't have spent all that money on the refurb. And... um, um, the biggest area to be refurbished was our entertainment lounge. And we literally had four events in that lounge before we had to close compulsory oh, no. by the government. Yeah. And so it's really sad that we've done all this work and people haven't been able to enjoy it. And then there's the reality of at the time in March, how long is this going to last? And we couldn't make any plans. We didn't know where anything was going. We didn't know where our income was coming from personally and for the club. We had our staff to worry about. Um, and our staff had very real decisions. Do, you know, do, we, do we stick this out or do we go and find work elsewhere? Mm-hmm. And some of our staff have been with us for seven, eight, nine years and we don't want to lose them. So, But we can't give them any reassurance. So it was a really, really difficult time. In business, like I said, I've been in business before, but being unable to plan because we just don't know what's going to happen. Then there's all the personal aspects, the lockdown, you know, the worry, I suppose, of, you know, falling ill yourself. What if something happens to me and Jim couldn't run the club on his own? All these things were going through my head. It was a really, really strange time. And um, the huge letdown for us was the lack of support from the government and council. We did get a £10,000 grant in March. All businesses got a grant if you paid business rates. So, so we got that grant. 
But even when our businesses close, we literally leak money out of our walls. People just assume you close your doors and you don't pay nothing. I'm like, well, if you go on holiday for two weeks and lock up your house, you still pay your mortgage, you still pay your council tax, you still pay electricity. Of course you do. Business is exactly the same. And so that 10 grand that we got lasted until August. And that was that was with trying to cut costs everywhere. And that wasn't including you know, um, paying ourselves, basically. So that money's now gone. And there was no further help. And we found actually that businesses like uh, the adult industry and nightclubs, they just weren't important to the government. We were forced to close. And yes, we weren't given any support. So uh, we found ourselves in this position where we're trying to think outside the box of what else we can do with the building. We did try and open for private hires for a little while. Obviously, swinging requires more than a couple. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fetishists, most of the time, if they are part of a couple, um, they can play at home. They don't really need a venue. And so we were relying on photographers to do photo shoots, but then, which you can do distanced. Um, But they were also worried, you know, about social distancing and coming into venues and if they were going to be safe. And so we didn't get many private hires. So really, our income has been hugely affected and we're still in this position now. Even though it's been a second national lockdown, we're still fighting for money. And that is all adult venues across the country. That's lap dancing bars, pearl dancing bars and swingers clubs. Nightclubs are also in a, a bad position. They're not getting funding. Their staff are getting furlough, but the businesses aren't getting supported to top the furlough money up. Mm-hmm. So they're finding that they're having to take that money from elsewhere. So the whole nighttime industry has been massively let down. And actually, as a whole, we employ millions of people. So we're, we're left hanging at the moment. And also the other letdown is that insurance companies haven't paid out You might have noticed in the media, I don't know, um, that hospitality in general um, haven't been paid out by insurance companies. So there's a high court case going through at the moment. um, And the hospitality industry or the barristers representing us actually won the case. um, And insurers were told that they would have to pay out on claims. But obviously, insurance companies, I think they had something like 14 barristers working for them or something ridiculous. They're appealing. They're like, well, we're not going to just accept that. And so there's this appeal process going through now. And if they win, then we'll appeal. So this could just go backwards and forwards for months and months and months. So we're not relying on insurance to pay out at all. But what might happen in the meantime, and we've been speaking to our solicitors about this, is you know, what if companies, not just ours, any company, if there was a shutdown as a result of insurance companies not paying out because obviously mm. we, we need that money. Yeah. So we close and then at a later date, it's found that actually they should have paid out. Companies like ours, if we were to close, we would sue the arse off them because our company has closed as a result of them not paying out or not paying out in a timely manner. So they'd have to pay out on insurance claims. But I think there's going to be a case for companies to actually sue them as well if they do actually close. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And it's just um, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy position. We've got no income. 
very little government support and no insurance payout. And so we are left in this position now where we're asking for donations from people. You know, I've never been a person that has asked for charity in my life. I've worked hard for everything. And yet here we are where we're doing fundraising stuff in the club. We're doing raffles and we now have a fundraising website and we're doing parties online just to try and get some money together to keep us going because there's nothing out there for us. That's absolutely, yeah, it's scandalous what it's, what's happened to the industry, isn't it, as a you know, the, the bigger impact from the COVID. Yeah. It's like we just don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, 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 we're just swingers clubs to everybody out there, but we're not just lifestyle Mm. venues we're employers and since we've been closed obviously we've had to cancel bookings and contracts with our laundry service our waste management all of our entertainers caterers Mm. all these people i mean that's not even including our own staff all these like peripheral services have been affected because venues like us have had to close. So it has a knock-on effect everywhere. But uh, I we were saying, you know, off air earlier on, I think if the public thought that, you know, public money was going to keep swingers clubs going, there'd be a, an uproar. But we still pay our taxes, our VAT. We've been established for 15 years. We've worked hard and we employ people, on, like I said, these peripheral services. So actually we do matter. And I think people just need to realise that put what we are aside, we're a business like anybody else and we need to survive. Well, I think, you know, there's there's not only the fact that you put money back into the community, like you say, through employing people and different services and all that sort of stuff. Actually, you're probably very good for people's mental health as well as a, yeah, as a yeah. venue. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, it's, it's not actually a coincidence that on the outside of our club is a little plaque. I says the alternative therapy centre <laughs> because a lot of people... People, we are an alternative therapy because when you when you come through our doors, there's no windows for privacy reasons. So you shut the door on real life for four, five, six hours, and everything that has affected you in the day or the week, what is going on in your real life is forgotten while you're in the venue during that time. And it is like a therapy. You can be yourself truly yourself and you have conversations with people that are just like you and forget the world while you're there and have some extracurricular fun while you're at it it's just a therapy <laughs> <laughs> definitely therapy so you mentioned donations and raffles and mm. things like that I'm, I'm hoping that listeners that are, that are going through this show today are kind of thinking how can we get involved how can we help where where should we point them towards what's the best place to go Okay, well, obviously, it's not just us. Uh, I want to represent all clubs. Um, I mean, just to highlight on that a little bit, the one good thing that has come out of this is that clubs are working together. Mm. Uh, All of us are communicating. Uh, We're we're trying to reach out to all clubs around the country to come together so we're like one unanimous voice. And all clubs have set up something where people can help, whether it be a a fundraising website, it could be PayPal, uh, it could be doing raffles and stuff. And the main way to find out what each club is doing is to go onto their website. So our main website is townhouseswingers.co.uk and the information um, about our fundraising page is linked from there and any sort of raffles and that that we do will be on our news page. And I know that all clubs have got similar pages on their website to update people. We do have social media as well. We're on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And most clubs also have their own accounts. So uh, for anybody out there who attend other clubs, please, please go to your own club website and see mm. what they're doing and, and what situation they're in, because I can guarantee that they're in exactly the same situation as us. 
Yeah. Um, you've talked a little bit about the um, the online side of things now. So yeah. and like, I think I've seen quite a few clubs kind of trying to adapt now and in what they're finding to be really difficult circumstances, because let's face it, we don't know when when things might open up again. Um, mm. What what have you been doing in terms of the online side of things now? There's uh, several clubs that have come together, led by Le Boudoir, mm-hmm. and we've come together on a site called Virtual Swinging. So, Mr. J off swinging.com. <laughs> and basically, it's like a camming platform, but it, it's got the potential to be a lot more. And we're putting quite a lot of time and effort into developing it into a much more an interactive space. So, hopefully, eventually, there's going to be news feeds and statuses. There's camming any time of the day, but we do have parties as well. So, when there isn't a party on, you can still go and cam with friends. But basically, what we've done, uh, we've set this platform up where by people can attend virtual parties when we first started talking about this i wasn't too sure because camin's not my thing i've got to be mm-hmm. honest um i don't mind being watched when i'm bdsm playing but on cam i don't know i just i, I wasn't feeling it but now that i've done it actually it's quite a nice alternative and let's face it we've got no other alternative right now <laughs> and like anything it is what you make it mm-hmm. so uh what it is is um it's just like attending a club so you'd pay your entry fee to to go into the club to go into the party there's a, a social lounge that you can interact with your fellow party attendees with uh, have drinks and what you find is people do actually get dressed up or dressed down they make an effort <laughs> they'll grab a gin or a beer and it's just like being a night out meet new friends or friends that you've already met in the club before and then slowly but surely people tend to migrate and what we have is a few different playrooms that people can go into there's a dungeon and there's a private playroom that you can go into and there's public um and obviously you're only able to play with yourself or each other if you're part of a couple and then people can watch you they can play themselves and so you can choose who you can watch you can just be one couple it can be several couples or singles and uh, you can have everybody on there if you want and uh, some people even like to be directed what do you want us to do now mm. so at first i was like gosh this is really really quite strange i'm not <laughs> used to this but once you get into it it's actually it's quite horny really and everybody's a lot of fun and uh, the parties start nine o'clock till one o'clock on the uk platform and then we automatically at one o'clock transfer over to us and canada Okay. And they join us then. So you might have, you know, 40, 50, 60 people in the UK on our platform. And then all of a sudden it opens up to the US and all these other people join in. You've got a whole (laughs) load more new friends to meet. And and they're so filthy. Um, It's like they've been fluffing for hours before they come online. Because as soon as they come on, they're straight at it. It, It's really, really good. And then some of our UK members, because they've been on since nine o'clock, they might go offline early hours of the morning. Uh, go to bed for a little bit, get up at nine, ten o'clock, and the USA still are still at it, so they log back on, they join the party again. So it's it's a lot of fun. It does take a bit of getting used to this whole online party thing, but it's all we've got to do right now. You know, we we can't open clubs, we can't have parties it's, uh, in our homes. It's illegal. So right now we're we're all adapting to a new way of doing things, and virtual parties is one of them. Do you think these are going to save the industry at all? 
in, in any way? I don't know if it's going to save us, but I think it might keep us in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those that miss the lifestyle, miss the social interaction, miss the reason to get dressed up for something, yeah. I think it's definitely filling a gap. And because it's club-led, a lot of our members are following mm. our leads and, and coming online to, to do these parties. But for, and I understand that for some people, it just won't work. Some people don't want to camp. They just, they're just not feeling it. They actually want to physically meet mm. people. So I don't know if it's going to save clubs, but I think it is helping us right now to, to stay in people's minds and keep us current during this thing it's funny really because you know before before the the covid days <laughs> yeah. uh, should we call that bc bcd <laughs> before covid days um you know we we had because you know we live in the south coast of, of the uk uh, often we would have skype dates or zoom chats with people and we find that we do that because we we host a, a podcast and we're quite used to used to doing it but lots of friends and people that we we sort of met initially online were quite sort of reticent to do this mm. sort of zoom or skype chat and as we've gone through the um through the months and as people have kind of they're like oh well it would be nice to talk to real people again and it would be nice yeah. to have an adult conversation with someone who isn't my cat um <laughs> you who's know, mike hat it's my dog okay it's called mike hat <laughs> sorry that's a terrible <laughs> ghostbusters <laughs> reference um you know as time's gone on people have sort of started to get a bit more used to it they've got a bit more used to the technology and they do it for work so you know people are, are very used to sort of um you know at work sort of going onto skype or whatever and you see the kids walk in the back ground and you see people walking in their pajamas that's mm -hmm. become our life now in a way and i think the parties are a very similar thing it's that you might be a bit reluctant to do it but actually once you start and in the absence it. of anything else i think people are desperate for that social interaction yeah. however yeah. that presents itself like you say because the reality is we we can't go out and touch people <laughs> you know no. we can't even shake hands with people anymore let alone like give them a kiss so of course people are feeling um like they need something um some people might be single they might just be isolated whatever it is i think zoom has become the buzzword around you know the, the globe really isn't it as a way of staying in touch with you know anyone yeah, uh, even if it's like a quiz or a catch-up or or meeting when um, we had a virtual date recently it was it was yeah, really successful it was, it was, it was really, really good. good fun you know we both they've got a bit merry <laughs> in our front room but you know what else are you going to do at the moment so you know you're right it, it keeps you current and it keeps in mind that this hasn't ever really gone away it's just we can't do anything real. Yeah. So let's exactly. try and, and it's adapt. also it's helping our morale as clubs because we feel um, we're a bit stuck right now. We can't open. Uh, we can't reach out to our members. You know, physically, they can't come into the club. And we're missing that social interaction as mm. well. And it's given us something to do. It's given us a focus. Don't get me wrong. I'm still doing a lot behind the scenes. But with regards to our members, it's it's given us something to do with our members, and um, it's it's given us a bit of hope almost. Really, it's very easy, I think, in this situation to overanalyze and worry. We do have concerns about the future. We just don't know what's going to happen. Are we still going to be around next year? I don't know. But by doing this, it's just it's given me a bit of sanity, to be honest with you. And reaching out to other club owners who are in the same position as well, that we're not alone in this. We are all in the same boat. 
and bouncing ideas off each other. It's just still given us a purpose. And uh, so for me personally, it's been worthwhile. It's been really interesting, actually, because I've seen a lot of um, educational things sort of coming out of this whole process. Mm. So, you know, particularly if you're new and you're, you know, this being locked down is kind of put you in the space of, wouldn't it be good to do something really crazy? Hey, let's, let's try our hand at being swingers at the back of this. But this is happening and we're seeing lots of evidence of that. But there's also lots of people that are popping up and saying, okay, we can help you um, navigate that journey or we can give you some hints and tips or we can even just answer your questions. I mean, we we did um, PCAP Podcaster Palooza, a virtual version of this earlier on Mm. in the year. And it was great because we got to do, um, we got to present a session and we got to talk about the messages that you might receive. And so we did yeah. it in a, a slightly, hopefully funny way. But then we got to play around in the format. And then I got Mrs. H to read some Harry Potter fart porn. So, oh, well, let's not do that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but actually, the fact, that, the fact is that we were able to do a bit of a sort of, hey, this is something that might help you on that journey when things can open mm-hmm. up. And to be fair, not all the world is closed down, <laughs> although it maybe should. No. And some some parts of the, the globe are, are doing significantly better and are coming out of a tail end of this, which does give me some hope that appreciate at the moment it feels a bit bleak here at the moment because we're riding this second wave at the moment in the UK. But certainly, you know, parts of Australia and you know, New Zealand and you know other parts of the world are, are faring significantly better having, you know, locked down and followed all these these guidelines. And, you know, there's there's clubs open over there successfully, albeit yeah. with a reduced capacity. Well, I was reading about this recently and um, I can't remember what they call them, uh, POSVs or something, basically swingers clubs. (laughs) And uh, they're allowed to open, but with a capacity of 10 people. I mean, there might be some bigger clubs out there that might have a big capacity, but I think it was in the Victoria region. And I I read the government guideline, it was 10 people. And I mean, okay, you know, we both know you can have a fantastic time with six people. You don't even need 10 people. You can still have a great night. But from a business point of view, how the fuck are you supposed to make money with 10 people? Really? Are they going to subsidize the money you're losing by opening a whole building for 10 people? So, I mean, you know, if it came to it and the government said to us, yes, townhouse, you can open with 10 people, I'd be like, can't afford it, mate, sorry. Can't, we just can't afford to open with just 10 people. We need to right. open properly. So I don't know how they're going to make money over there doing that. But yeah, you're right. You know, some parts of the world are starting to open up and it does give you a little glimmer mm-hmm. that there's light at the end of the tunnel. It does. You have to sell a lot of merch, really, to make those 10 people work. They have to buy everything in the... the (laughs) Uh, I'm a good salesman. I'm not that bloody good. (laughs) I'll have 42 gins, please, my good man. No, no, she's already drank through half of them. There's only 20 left. (laughs) Now, I will definitely be online for that one. (laughs) Challenge accepted. I look forward to the townhouse-sponsored gin challenge coming soon in uh, 2021, probably. (laughs) Let's buy me. Let it be gin. <laughs> so while we're on the, the topic of, of reopening. Oh, not um, gin. All right. Not gin. Let's, let's, let's move away from the gin for now. Never. Um, what, what are your top tips for people that are going to a club for the first time? Because we get asked this a lot. I'm sure mm. you do as well. Yeah. What's your go-to couple of tips to help people through, get through the door? Okay. So the first thing that the, the biggest question that we get asked is, um, 
we don't know what to expect. What can we expect when we first go to a club? And I think people expect a club to be, you know, seedy, that people are going to drag you into a room, kicking and screaming, <laughs> and you know, you've got to have sex with a stranger on your first night. And so when I get asked that question, you know, what, what do we expect? I'm like, well, when you come into our place, it's just like walking into any bar. And you treat it as a night out. You don't have any expectations whatsoever. So you take it as an opportunity to get your glad rags on, have a few drinks, meet new friends. If you want to take things further, the opportunity is there. But nobody's going to drag you kicking and screaming into a room. We do have nights for that, for special people. <laughs> but on a regular night, no. Um, and you are absolutely in control. No means no. So if someone to ask you if you want to play, you don't want, you don't, don't want feeling it or you don't want to play, you just say no. So I try and get across to people that just because you walk into a swingers club does not mean you have to swing. You don't have to even get your clothes off if you don't want to. Our club is not an immediate dress-down venue. You can stay downstairs and your clothes all nice if you want we normally have a dj on or a performance of some sort so you can go have a dance so you treat it as a night out and then our playrooms upstairs and what goes on up there is additional to an already great night so that's what i try and get across to people is don't put pressure on yourself and if you're a couple communicate talk about what it is that you want from this thing individually as a couple communicate when you're actually in the venue and communicate afterwards and if you just keep talking to each other you can't go wrong if something goes on and you're not really quite happy with it then talk about it afterwards i wasn't quite happy with how that went i was feeling uncomfortable or oh my god that was amazing can we do it again please you know so if you communicate at all stages you can't really go wrong and just don't expect too much of yourself you know it's one thing having this fantasy in your head of how you think things might go but in reality it can be a lot different so you know don't expect too much of yourself be kind to yourself enjoy the night out and you know if you're not up to it on the night then it's okay just still you know try and have a good night out they're the main things try and say to people i think that's true of, of anybody not just new people going to a club to just to kind of manage your own expectations and if you go in expecting yeah. nothing and something happens fantastic but if you go in expecting the world i yeah. think you're always going to be left disappointed really yeah, yeah. I mean, you do see people walking out of a club and they, they look pissed off. And you know why? It's because they're, they're horny as hell when they've walked in the club. They've had high expectations and either nobody's taken the fancy or they've approached people and, and they've said no. And so they've had the, their main aim is to have sex with another couple, another single. It hasn't happened. And so they've left early with a gob on them uh, <laughs> rather than just seeing it as a, a great night out and sex as a bonus. That's how you should be seeing it, really. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> That's really good advice. <laughs> um, I'm wondering how this translates now to the virtual parties. You know, what? Um, I, I'm really very new to those. I haven't been to any. So what would you... What, what would my expectations be, I suppose, for the the virtual parties now? You say it's very camera I can tell you your based. first one would be to probably get your husband to set up the video camera oh my God. and the computer because there's no chance of you being able to do that. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's around with a phone. Like, no, nah, it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> well, I think uh, from my point of view, because I wasn't so sure about mm -hmm. it, I didn't know what expectations I had. So... 
I thought, well, do you know what? I've not got dressed up for nine months. I've not put heels on. I've hardly worn makeup. I've not really done my hair. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't have gone on camp for the first three months because my hair was wild having not gone to the hairdressers. Um, so for me, my main expectations was, okay, let, let's get a nice frock on. Let's get my heels on. Even if nobody's going to see it, put some makeup on and make myself look good and, and feel good. And that was my main thing on my first night on these parties. It wasn't to do anything or see anything as such it was to just actually have a reason to you know get dressed yeah. up and that made me feel great I've got to be honest as a female that hasn't worn heels since March um <laughs> it was it was a really nice feeling to have a reason to get dressed up and then seeing other people as well who'd made an effort so I think where the virtual parties are concerned it's the same thing don't have any expectations think I'm having, I'm having a nice out for the first time in ages okay <laughs> secretly a nice in but let's treat it like a nice out and then anything goes after that let's just see how it all develops one of the the really successful things i think we've had when we've had a uh, a virtual date with somebody Mm -hmm. is that they turned their uh, i believe it was their ironing board into a table and they dressed up like it was an actual date and they put like candles and little things on it and (laughs) have an actual dinner date with someone yeah and it felt a bit like a dinner date it did because i mean essentially you are still sitting opposite each other aren't you yeah you just yeah you just don't have the physical you're just not going to get the hand job under the table oh my god it's fine yeah exactly you could but i mean i i do i do quite like this when you're you're just switching everything else off and you're just devoting attention to you know the people that you're you're conversing with virtually it can be a really good night and we've actually had nights where they've been what three four hours of chatting and it's been great. Well, we've done that rolling onto onto the Americans and and then further onto the Australians oh, or whatever way the timeline trying works. To, yeah. So, yeah, so the we've time kind zones. of had a chat with with people in the UK and then with that chat has ended. We're like, oh, who's up now? We're still having a oh, few America's drinks. America's waking up. Yeah, That's America's a... waking up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and now we've we've gone through the Americans. <laughs> they're sort of going onto their tea or whatever it is they're doing. Let's chat to the Australians who are now waking up. This is great. <laughs> they're having breakfast and we're absolutely <laughs> obliterated. Yeah. Brilliant. They, they're That's just getting. Say plenty of Red Bull. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they the Australians don't get the best out of us. By the time it gets to them, I don't. They think. do get the funniest though. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, I mean the whole virtual thing. It's all so new to us, isn't it? And mm. um, as a collection of clubs, we're still learning ourselves. Um, we're still we're coming up with ideas, trying fresh ideas, and uh, our guests are still learning as well. But it's our new normal, and I hate that phrase. We hear it all the time. This new normal. Mm. but it is it's it's all it's all we've got right now and we're, we're making the best of it and we're all learning as we go so we just have to see where it all goes really i'd like to think that if and when clubs reopen again virtual parties there might still be a place out there for virtual parties but we'll just wait and see won't we how it all goes well i think it would be it'd be a really good thing to have still have them around mm. I, one of the other top tips that i'm going to ch- i'm chucking in a lot of stuff now at the back end of this show but um which is ironic given what i'm about to talk about which was and um, we've actually recently discovered toys that you can control off of the internet oh, um we so we've had a few stuff, fun yeah. chats with people where we've offered the code out to the to the toy and then the the people on the other end of the yes. of the interwebs can control that toy and that's yeah. been tremendous fun 
Um, so th- th- there's all these little ways you can connect mm. to pe- connect with people. But I, I would love to see virtual parties stay stay around and being a thing, even if it's even if things like meeting greets become much more the virtual party that you have. So mm. you can all jump on, find out new things, or just chat to people, or get to know them a little bit. I think that would be a really great way to to make the most of it because. Mm. You know, sometimes people don't want to venture out unless they think that that there's the chance of you you playing or whatever it might be. Not always a great attitude, but if you could do that sort of on a virtual basis, I don't know, on a Tuesday night or something stupid like that, that would actually be a really good way of managing your time, mm-hmm. especially for those that have kids or or aren't able to leave the house because their pets are too needy. I'm thinking of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be the reality for a while, though. Uh, and you, like you say, Vicky, you know, we don't we don't know the virtual reality. We we don't know what's what's coming. Um, and if we've learned anything this year, it's the unexpected just comes along and yeah. pulls a rug out from you when you're least expecting it. So we've, we've all had to really think of, you know, outside the box, haven't we, and trying to prepare for whatever's next. Yeah, absolutely. I think like most people, we are literally winging it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's an ongoing one of that. It's And we've done a similar thing with our show in that we can't talk about our wonderful adventures if we can't fucking have any adventures. Yeah. So well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you sort of run dry a little bit. Don't you? Yeah, this is what we could have been. Yeah, this is okay. what you could have won. I want to say an absolute huge thank you for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. No problem at all. What I would say is, if you could let us know one more time where people can find you folks in the world and what they could do to help, that would be amazing because mm. I really think people can make a difference yeah, for I you do. guys. I hope so. Okay, so um, you need to visit your home club's website. So for us personally, it's townhouseswingers.co.uk. But we do have a fundraising website, townhousefundraising.com. <laughs> Dead easy to remember. But all clubs will have their own fundraising websites or means of helping them. So if everybody can reach out to their own local clubs, see what options there are, and you know, please, please help them out because we want to still be here at the end of all this. And we are fighting so hard to keep going, but we do need the support of our members as well. We are members' clubs at the end of the day, so our members do need to get behind us as well. Please, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Mrs H, do you want to do your thing? I do. Well, thank you for hopping into our bed. Hello. Are you still here? What are you hey, doing me? here? Me. Oh, not you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're not allowed to get up yet. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so a huge, huge thank you to Vicky and uh, Townhouse for coming onto the show and talking about all the stuff that they're doing. Uh, we're looking forward to the club being open again at some yeah. point in the future. Not the near future necessarily, uh, but at some point. If you want to help them with fundraising, go check out their website. It'd be really good to do that. And likewise, for your own local club, don't forget to look at the uh, their websites and give them mm. some funds, which would be nice. And if you want to send us some funds or some gifts in the post, uh, we'd welcome <laughs> anything you can... Actually, no, that's not true. We don't need your funds. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you to think of it and send it our way. Or you can send nudes. Uh, nudes. Yeah. Well, you've got to clarify, Mrs. H. Ah, that, not nudes, yeah. which is noodle the yeah. cat. Noodle mm. the cat. So... What we've found is that people have now started asking us to send nudes. Excellent. Which actually means pictures of the cat. Yes. Yes. Which are amazing. Well, you know, I have taken the pictures, so... Uh, excuse me, I've taken quite a few nudes myself. Yeah, I think the cat has just fallen <laughs> off the balance around, but it'll be fine. We'll be good. She's just running around in the background. Oh, one uh, noodle. Yeah, but some of them you took... 
Yes. And there were some amazing ones that I took. Wait, are you talking about nudes now that you yeah, took? Yeah, I took some nudes. nudes this week, actually, and sent you some nudes. <laughs> I needed. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right, then. All right. Thanks for joining us.